All right. Well, hey everyone. Welcome to another episode of Iglap. Of course, it's me, Paula. And today we're gonna have another episode. So this week actually is one of the few weeks where we had uh, two episodes in one week. So last Monday I had an episode with Walden Bellio. Now for today we're gonna have a different episode. So for today's guest, this is his first time here on Iglap, and it's very you know refreshing to have someone who hasn't been on the show yet and you know we're going to talk about different things from you know from social media to life i guess in general and all of these things so i'm going to introduce him to you guys so he's actually mr chinatown's uh 2020 mr chinatown 2020 uh second runner-up so, so he's no he's kind of known on tiktok for like his food stuff and he's also a model as well he's a digital marketer by you know his normal job by trade and a simple guy who's trying to live life kindly. So welcome to Iglap for the very first time, Don Tang. Hey, Don. Hello. Hi, everyone. That was an introduction. Yeah. I've never been introduced that way. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So I, I, I'm just curious. So, you know, you, you had a cool introduction. I mean, it's, it's something that I would see on a LinkedIn. But why don't you tell us, like, fun facts about Don Tang so that, you know, more people could get to know wow. you. All right, uh, fun facts. I'm always very bad at fun facts, but I don't know if it's fun for other people, but it's pretty fun for me. It's only fun yeah. because when I usually share this, um, I usually get, um, most people get surprised. I don't drink. Yeah, I've never really drank, or I've never drank to the point that I'm drunk, precisely because okay. I don't drink. It's really because I don't drink. So I don't drink. Uh, fun fact, I do not like chicken skin. So I really, really hate chicken skin. I, I don't know why some... I mean, for some people who like it, no, go ahead. Diba, you, you do you. Do you but I, I do not like chicken skin. So when we're eating fried chicken, it's... I know. Um, I mean, go, go off on the chicken skin. You can have mine. <laughs> okay. Um... First question, why? I don't, I, I just, I just don't, I, don't, I just don't like it. Uh, so like ever since you were a kid or ever like, since you became buff? No, 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 no. I don't think it has to do with my physique. Um, though I think I'm just all right. I feel that it's partly, I really just don't like it and partly a health reason. So... I don't count my calories or anything like that, but I, I try to, you know, I try to make healthier choices as much as I can. No, so like ever since you were a kid, you didn't like chicken skin or only when you yeah. kind of became old? Ever no. since you were a kid? No, no, no. Ever since. Ever since. I just never, I don't like chicken skin. I don't, I don't like animal fat in general. So I don't like chicharon. I don't know if that's a fun fact for you guys, but for most people, I would think that you know, it's it's heaven. Like everyone likes chicharon. Everyone likes the balat of the lechon. You can have it all. I don't. It never appetized me ever. Okay, so like for example, let's say you're having dinner, right? So let's say or you're in right. France or whatever. Then yeah. they bring out this beautiful Angus steak. Of course, steak, the good steak, has fat on it. It doesn't have it to does. be big, but there's there's fat, right? Whether it's it big does. or small, yeah. there's fat. So you would not eat that. I would definitely eat that only because it's marbled and it's not like it's it's not a no let's say for um, example let's say this is the meat for example sorry let me get something okay so let's pretend this lighter is the meat right right there's yeah. some steak we're in that there's like fat here you know what i mean like there's like a you know i'm definitely what I mean about i'm definitely yeah i'm definitely taking out the layer of fat so i'm definitely not touching that <laughs> see there you go that's the same look i get from everyone who finds out so it's a fun fact for me you know some people i understand that when you take out the fat they have it um deep fried i mean not it, really deep fried but they make it not um, really deep fried but they have it toasted again toasted there yeah toasted right and i i really don't i i don't need that okay so you need that the fat <laughs> that's marble like that's inside the meat already that that's if it's fine, in the like, meat no. already and i have no choice right i try to control my portions but uh yeah i yeah. try to separate it as much as i can so <laughs> see I, I get that all the time and i'm not discriminating like it's it's no i, I know you're not it's just for us 
Yeah. I, no, I, and I'm, I'm just saying it's animal fat across the entire spectrum of edible animals. I mean, okay. I, I don't so, eat, I don't like duck fat either. I don't like goose fat. So I, I just really don't like any animal fat. Okay, so like, okay, I'm not going to get too deep into that. <laughs> but is there anything unhealthy that you like? Wow. Maybe fried food. I mean, it's it's hard no, not no, to I mean, say no to fried food. Because like fried food doesn't generally have to. Okay, what I mean by like unhealthy is like the chicharrons. Like the, you know, it's bad for yeah. you. you. You know what I mean, right? Because there could be fried food that's not healthy, but it's not unhealthy either. You get my point, right? But like I do, I do, I do. One hundred percent unhealthy. Like there's no way for it to have a gray area or anything. I. You know what? <laughs> there's probably none. So I would say you don't eat cake or anything. No, of course I love cake. I love cake. So maybe maybe it's cake. Maybe it's sweets. Sugar. I mean, sugar is unhealthy, right? So okay, so you're more of a sweet person. Y- yeah, okay. I, I think I do have a sweet tooth. Yes. Okay. Um. At least that's something. <laughs> oh, I never knew that about you. I know. See, now that, you. That know. is really wow. crazy. Yeah, is it? I mean, the most Wait, people. Right, you know what? I, I, you know, I was prepared to have like a normal. Then you throw this, you know, like this wrench at me, and that's I'm kind of like figuring out where where to go to from here. But okay, before we continue, I'd like to thank our sponsors for this episode. So thank you to Swagat Indian Cuisine. Do you eat Indian food, by the way? I love. Or Indian you're not? Food. Oh, you love Indian, I love food. Indian right. food. Well, that's kind of healthy, so fine. Um, so <laughs> thank you to. So I got Indian cuisine to their nature and to um Mask and More Manila for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, so going back to you. So you don't like unhealthy food and stuff. So I'm really curious, and you know, I don't need any kind of like um you know details or whatever, right? But let's say you're on a date with someone. So what do you do? Do you order like the healthiest thing on the menu? Like do you just get a salad or something? Like no, no. I I hope I'm not coming across as someone who's very picky with what they eat because I'm not. I don't think you're picky. Yeah, it's just more about. I, I see you as someone who only likes like lean stuff, like healthy stuff. Yeah, you can say that. Right. I mean, it doesn't yeah. actually mean it's you're a picky eater. It's just more of you're not like me who likes everything unhealthy, right? But then. Yeah, you know, yeah, on yeah. dates with people, yeah. or let's say you're with friends or whatever, sometimes they want to go to like really unhealthy places. So I'm just curious, like let's right. say you go to a restaurant. So what do you usually order? Like do you get a salad or a soup? Like I'm no. just curious. No, I mean I would indulge myself too. But then again, what's good about the restaurant is that there's a menu, so there are options. So again, it's not about being like health conscious or it has to be you know the one with the least calories in it. It's just the healthier option in my opinion so if most people would go for i don't know a deep fried burger i'd probably go for a chicken burger just because i think it's healthier okay so i'm curious <laughs> to um, Don, i wanted to ask you this because i mean obviously when you know when people are young you know when you're kids of course they're the kids who are like buff ever since they're kids right right then there are those kids who are like you know they're just thin and whatever then there are kids like me who are a bit chubby because we like to eat. From those three, which one were you when you were young? Oh, I was the skinny. I was a very skinny child. Yeah, I, w- I was a damn dork as a child. <laughs> okay, so you were like really skinny. You know, you didn't really because yeah, I guess I was. like why were you skinny? Like why were you skinny? I'm curious. Like because as a kid, were you a picky eater or was it just because you have a fast metabolism? Like, why were you no. or skin? Yeah, no. I, I, it, it, I, I, I was never a picky eater. I am not a picky eater. Um, I think it has to do with genetics. <laughs> um, okay. It's so just, the I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm naturally skinny. And honestly, if I don't, uh, even up until this day, when I don't, when I eat less or when I, um, don't work out as much as I want to. I noticed that, you know, for some people, weight gain comes easy for them. Weight gain doesn't come easy for me. I'm a hard gainer. But weight loss, that's pretty fast. That's that's pretty easy for me. So. Okay, so I'm curious. Like, when did you decide to become buff then? Because, I mean, from uh, a skinny kid, you're pretty buff. I mean, let's just 
put it at buff. You can argue that you're not or whatever, but let's just say you're buff. Like, when did you decide to, you know, work out, grow the muscles, you know, all these things? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I think for guys, it's it's different uh, because for most girls, I think they would aspire for you know a curvier, more slender body. But with guys, I don't. I generally feel that guys never aspire to be thin, thin. So I think it wasn't up until college when I you know realized, okay, maybe I can do something about uh, something about the things I can control, aka my body. So I started to work out. I remember I started at home. Uh, it also helps that my brothers are into fitness a lot. So, you know, um, that's when it started. College and it 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 it, it turned into it, it didn't just turn into a routine for me. It really turned into a lifestyle. That's really part of who I am. So okay, so you know your brothers, I guess, were your first trainers. They they taught you how to lift weights properly, or you know do all these different things. So I just want to skip ahead a bit. So you know with the lockdown back in twenty twenty, of course, all the gyms were closed because I assume you go to the gym, right? You just don't. I do. I mean, before the pandemic, you used to go to the gym, right? But when you're stuck at home, do you guys have like a gym at home where you did all your weights again? I mean, because a lot of people during the pandemic gained weight. Right, but I don't think I you did. Or so did I. Okay, <laughs> so, did so I, you're supposed to do uh, But, you know, were you working out at home? And if you were, what were you doing? Yes, Um. initially, at the onset of the lockdown, so that was in 2020, the earlier part of the lockdown, when it was announced, yeah. the only options that we had were going back to college, uh, all the... um weights that we had whatever we had at home uh we had to unearth and that's what we we just had to be resourceful we had to use that and i i i recall in the later part of the year that's when my brothers and i felt that okay this isn't enough then we set up a little home gym so we bought equipment that was shipped uh, as with most people i know most people did that they bought their own stationary bath they, they bought their own uh, treadmill uh, so we did something similar and we set up a, a, a mini home gym in one of the vacant rooms. So we converted that. And that sustained us for, that's been sustaining us actually for the past two years. Oh, so you've never been back to the gym? Like you've only just been at home in terms of working? Out. I, I have been back. Well, I have been back, but only for day passes. Um, eventually i find that you know when i personally feel like it's safe enough then i will go back for sure because um you know i i there's just something about the gym that gives me some kind of peace you know it's a happy place for me so i will be back for sure as to when i have yet to decide okay so like in terms of like your workouts like how did you this like did you say okay i used to do this in the gym so i'll do it at home or did you have to be like or did you have to be creative in the sense that okay i don't have this and this here as compared to the gym so maybe i could use like two three chairs or something i mean you, you get where I'm, where I'm going with right so. sure uh no i did not use chairs again it was with what's available so if you have free weights if you have um um uh what else did we have kettlebells with whatever that you had, you just have to be resourceful. You have to find a way to make it work. Um, and if there's something that you can acquire, such as we, we got an Olympic bar, we got a bench, then uh, oh, wow, yeah, we we were yeah yeah we did. So, so we were able to do some of the things that that we used to do at the gym. Obviously, the things that require a machine that we couldn't do. And honestly, that yeah. those are the things that I missed in 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 a, a real gym. So yeah. Honestly, so I think you, I had it pretty good. Yeah, so you got the Olympic bar. That's like 40 pounds, right? Or 20 pounds by itself, give or take. Something like that, yes. How how much is the shipping for that? Do you remember? I, because I have no... <laughs> yeah, I have no idea because it was my brother who was on top of everything. I just remember that it arrived at home. And um, it was delivered. I think they used a little minivan. Obviously, you can't deliver yeah. it through, you know, a car or or a grab. So, 
no yeah because that's pretty crazy okay so you know you you worked out at home and stuff but what else did you do during the lockdown so of course um oh yeah so why don't you tell us like an everyday life of don during the lockdown so minus the working out like what else it was oh the lockdown was very it was a very different experience for me just because it didn't just change i mean for most of us it threw a wrench right in all our lives we had to be cooped up at home but for me in particular it it really it really shook up my routine i am a morning person uh by default i'm really a morning person i usually wake up at five i start my day at around five o'clock and i i usually the first thing i do is to work out and then after i go straight to work and then i go home that used to be my life on a friday night on a weekend i would spend it with my friends but then being at home i feel like i suddenly found myself sleeping at 2 a.m which was so so different from what i was used to um of course the 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 first few months of work from home was very challenging for me only because i felt like there were no boundaries anymore again your routine has been so disrupted that there's no i feel like the fine line between work and home was was erased so that that was hard um but then again I, I guess I really just tried to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, I tried. I really tried to correct that. So what I did was, um, to your point of a day in the life, I tried to replicate my routine as much as I can uh, before the pandemic. So I would wake up at a certain time and tell myself that, okay, it's, it's all about discipline. At 8, I have to get up, uh, eat breakfast, and by give or take 9 30 to 10 o'clock the real work begins just 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 sided back in uh the office before the pandemic and then i try as much as possible to put a hard stop to things just like in the office once i leave you can't bother me anymore right and uh that's when that's when i start to spend time for myself so yeah as much as possible i tried to catch up with friends but you know a year ago, two years ago, that would be mostly virtual. Now we're gradually getting to more physical meetups. Yeah. So with that one, um, because you mentioned right, you hit the coffin. We're in, you know, pre-pandemic when you go to work. You know, you work until let's say six or seven, then you leave, then you know your phone is off, your work phone is off, uh, and so they shouldn't bother you anymore unless if it's an emergency, right? But would you say that when you're working during the pandemic, which was work from home, there are a lot of times where in, let's say, your boss tried to contact you or your office tried to contact you even after work hours? For sure. I mean, to be to be very fair to them and to be very honest, I found myself doing the same thing. So it wasn't until you have an awareness of, okay, this has to stop, okay? Because it's not just hard on you. I'm sure it's hard on other people also. Then... It's, it's almost like trying to rewire your brain that, okay, you have to respect other people's time, right? Yeah. So with that, uh, you know, you're mentioning that you're able to do a routine and things like that. But how difficult was it for you to, to, to get that routine? Like, how hard was the adjustment for you? It was very difficult. It was very difficult because one of the things that I wasn't able to do, not up until recently, was to work out in the morning. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to that to, to to that point. But being a morning person, the first thing that I used to do before was to squeeze in some exercise and then go on with the rest of my day. During the pandemic, I really just couldn't do it anymore. So I found myself working out at night before I go to sleep. And bedtime at two a.m. has been my typical bedtime for the longest time since March two thousand and twenty. So that was hard to shake, actually. I've been recently learning to sleep earlier again. Actually, just this week. And I've been like, what is so earlier? Fast. Like, what is earlier for Don Tang? Because 2 a.m. is pretty late. So what is earlier for 2 you? 2 a.m. is late. Earlier used to be, I would usually be asleep by 11 before the pandemic. Because I would wake up at 5. So now I just try. I try my best to, uh, to be in bed before 12. 
But that's crazy that, you know, pre-pandemic, you'd sleep at 11. That's pretty late. It is pretty late, but um, for a, I guess now now that I'm older, that's relatively early because as an adult, there's just there's just so much to, to do all the time, and it's so hard to get everything done. So yeah. I guess it's more because of like your your line of work, right? Um, since you're Probably. more of me, right? Because like me, before yeah. I met before I met Rika, there were times that you know, if I didn't have basketball, I could be asleep as early as seven or seven thirty. Yeah, no, that's too early for me. I, that, that's I, very I really level. Level. Yeah. That's very grandpa levels, but yeah, that's, that's a pretty good <laughs> sleep. You know, you sleep at seven, you wake up but at what, like a five. What time would you wake up? Seven to five? That's too long. Yeah. Ten hours, that's not too bad. Sometimes oh, yeah? five, sometimes four, something like that. Because I'm, I too am a morning person, so I would also squeeze in. Well, this was before. Uh, I would squeeze in, you know, a simple jog around the village. Uh, yeah. Early, you know, no cars, still relatively cold, right? Or cool right. at that time and all. But crazy. Okay, so you know, you're working in media. That's why you know you sleep at two or even at eleven. Why did you choose to get into that industry? Why media from all the possible industries? Sorry, what did you take up in college, by the way? What was your course? I was an interdisciplinary studies major. Um, before that, actually, I was in pre-med. I wanted to be a doctor. I was majoring in health sciences in Ateneo. Yeah, that's right. Like what, what, what kind of medicine did you want to get into since you wanted to be a doctor before? I wanted to be a dermatologist. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was I was dead set on uh, being a dermatologist. I knew that's what I wanted as a child. I, I didn't know I wanted to be a dermatologist as a child, but I knew I wanted to be a doctor. In high school, I still felt that, yes, I'm going to be a doctor. And in high school, that was, that was the time when I felt, okay, if I'm going to specialize in something, it's going to be dermatology. Uh, and it wasn't until college. What is dermatology? That, you know what? Quite frankly... I, I feel I like to take care of myself, so I feel like it's it's a field of medicine that I will benefit from. That's the shallow reason. And um, when when I did my research further, you know, I realized that dermatology it's 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 more than what people think it is. It really helps a lot. I don't know if you know, but you can ask any doctor out there. And I feel like the number one question family members would ask them is what does this rash look like to you? Is this rash life-threatening? What is this rash about? So I think it's, you know, it's, it's a very, it's not just a lucrative field, but I think it's also a very, very important medical field. Actually, because me, when I when I think of dermatology, yeah, I agree, like um, rashes, uh, certain skin conditions, I, I have psoriasis. But the fun part that, I mean, like I, I was thinking about it, if I were to be a doctor, which I never wanted to be, I would definitely be like a dermatologist just because of, um, and I think you might find this weird, but you know Dr. Pimple Popper? I love Dr. Sandra Lee. I, I love, I love I watching those videos. Yeah, so, right? so I mean, do I. Right? I mean, the, like, okay, can I ask you, and I'll give you my reason after. Why do you like watching her videos of her, you know, popping pimples or whatever? Like, what's your reason? There's just something about, well, first of all, I'm not the type to get grossed out. And I know some yeah. people get grossed out by the tiniest things. Yeah. I am, I'm not, I, I'm usually not grossed out by, 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 by anything that relates to the body. I'm not easily grossed out. Uh, if anything, I find it cool. So whenever I watch Dr. Pimple Popper videos, when she takes out a lipoma, when she take, when she extracts, you know, a, a comedone or a pimple, that to me just it feels cathartic <laughs> it almost it almost feels like i feel so relieved for the patients after exactly there's something about it that feels so relaxing right? exactly like i always tell rika because she she when she sees me watching she finds it disgusting right but i, kind I don't of, find it disgusting I feel, at all right i mean it's more like i feel the like i don't have it but if I did, and if I were the patient, I would feel so light. I would especially, feel so you know, light. right? Like you know, there's that guy before. I think it was a guy, if I'm not mistaken, not like that lipoma here in this part. 
then like when she removed yeah. it, he looks so like relaxed yeah. after. Like, it's so relaxing seeing yeah. that when she yeah. takes it out, then it deflates, right? Then when the or when, yeah. when the pimples get yeah. popped, it feels like a a weight has been removed from you, like an unnecessary weight. For sure, for sure. And I feel like you know, I I I, I always like to put myself in the shoes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Again, just just because I've always wanted to be a doctor. You know, and I feel like that's a frustration for me now. Um, I feel like it's, I like that kind of challenge when you're presented a problem and you try to look for a solution to make life better for other people. And I think a part of it yeah. also is because growing up, um, like most teenagers, I had really bad acne as a teenager. And I think that that oh, was yeah. one of the triggers. I think that was one of the triggers as to why I told myself, yeah, I'm going to be a dermatologist because I'm going to help myself because I know how it feels. So even for the patients, it's not just it's not just um, the physical transformation of it, getting a lipoma extracted or you know getting getting something extracted from your face. I can I I can almost feel when they're really happy and uh, almost tearful because of joy, because I know that feeling. It I know I know how how a skin condition can can be very. Um, Mentally, right? and and psychologically, um, it's just I I know how it can make you make one feel really bad about themselves. So I I don't I don't like that feeling. You know, I I like everyone to feel good. Yeah. So with that one, I'm just curious though. Like when you're young, because you mentioned you had bad acne, right? Did you ever I go did. to your dermatologist and have um, a facial? You know, when they would pop. The pimples and stuff did you ever have that religiously my mom and i and were uh, the best yeah. feeling it was that's why i'm so used to pain usually and i feel that that's part of doctor's bedside manner they would tell you that okay this might hurt a bit this might hurt a bit and of course as a child yeah it hurts <laughs> but now you know i would go to my doctor now to to um you know get my face cleaned once in a while I feel like my pain tolerance has has really um, we've solidified pain tolerance through the yeah. years of doing this. So, yeah, yeah, especially like when, when when you know you get that facial and they use what they call like the feather, you know, that's like a, a small needle when you have like a white head and they just yes. But, so they get, like, to make a for small me, incision, like, right? Right, it's like the best feeling in the world, right? And then when they pop it out, you feel so much lighter and stuff so why do you think um like okay so aside from you and me do you know anyone else who enjoys watching those kinds of like dr pimple popper no like you know, from, <laughs> no i guess we're the, we're the weird ones no uh yeah no yeah, I, never, I try you know whenever there's a video that i feel should be shared i do share it yeah. but everyone tells me it's gross so i, don't, I think i'm the only one <laughs> Well, at least we, we discovered that we both uh, enjoy those kinds of videos. Okay, so, right. you know, you originally right. wanted to be a doctor, then you got into media. Sorry, I don't think I, we were able to answer the question, but why did you get into media, though? I got like, into okay, media. Like, okay, from being a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, from Sorry, being a doctor. So I told myself, okay, I'm, I'm going to get into advertising specifically. That's what I told myself, primarily because... My mom has always been in the business of advertising. I feel like she's more creative than she is cerebral. So, so ad, uh, it's a creative field for her. I remember growing up, my cousins were also communication graduates. So they majored in communication. Uh, they worked in advertising agencies. So I told myself, yeah, I feel like I can do that too. And more than anything i felt like advertising was just what's it, what, i i felt that it was such a social and glamorous job so i told myself okay i think i'm a good fit for advertising i i i i remember that back then i used to love magazines a lot i i i, I subscribed to a lot of magazines and you know i i loved watching tv so i said okay i'm going to do that uh professionally uh, one way or another, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of my family as well. And here I am. Uh, my first job straight out of college actually was I, I worked for a media agency. 
And following that, I transferred to a TV network. So like so with that, one, yeah. So with that one, so from media agency now to you know a TV network, to media agency then TV network again. Uh, how how crazy is it to see the transformation on how media is consumed over the years? Oh, I'm sure very you've seen different. Different. Yeah, yeah. It's it's totally very different now, especially after the pandemic. Uh, I feel like. I feel like the pivot to digital media is bound to happen. Uh, we're all going to get there, some faster than others. And the pandemic just accelerated everything for everyone. Because whether we like it or not, being cooped up at home, um, I mean, you got to think of something and uh, you'll run out of ways to entertain yourself. So, and data supports that. I did a talk recently on what uh, the digital landscape looked like now following the pandemic. And there's there's really a huge shift you'll find. Uh, I feel like media is consumed so much more differently now. Personally, in my household, I really don't know of anyone who watches TV anymore. Most of us watch uh, or consume content during our own time, using our own devices. It's never usually a shared device anymore. Um, so it is very different. I, I really see the difference. Now, five years ago, five, seven years ago, we still had a lot of print publications. Fast forward to 2022, tell me a publisher that used to publish print who aren't on digital now. Some of them have even lost their uh, print titles already. They're no longer in circulation. So it's it's really a different landscape, I will say. Okay, so I'm just curious. Would you call it like the death of family time in that sense? Because like what you mentioned, um, you, you all have your own devices, whether it's a tablet, a phone, or whatever. Then you could watch your Netflix in there. Because, you know, like what you mentioned, five to seven years ago, people would, you know, watching their TVs, uh, star movies, Cinemax, right. HBO, I mean, right. those things, right, as a family. Cable. Or, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, or if not, you know, you could just get your DVD player out, choose some movie via right. DVD, then right. or something, right? But do you think it would be like the death of family time in that sense? Where, you know, you're all together, you're on a couch, eating, you know, passing up popcorn to each other or something. Like, what do you, what do you think of it? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't want to think it's the death of family time, but how family time, or what family time means to 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 most families now, has probably definitely changed. So, for instance, I I don't have to rely on on uh, regular programming just to catch a show that I like. Um, if I were with someone and we 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 want to catch up on a show we can just agree on a common time and and uh, i guess a day as to when we'll do it together and that's something that you couldn't do before because you either catch the show or you miss it you or you just miss it there's no way yeah, for you to catch reruns weren't that uh, often right 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 and if and if there were reruns you'd be lucky when you're going to catch it so yeah. programming wasn't up to, to, to the regular consumer. And I feel like family time, again, it only transforms because I know a lot of parents who are supportive of their children who, who like to vlog, right? Or who like to, to make lit, cute little videos on TikTok. So I don't think it's the death of family time. It's really just a transformation. Uh, in terms of what family time means to most families and and how family time is is done you know we're we're both um in the digital space right i mean a bit two different um ways on how we do it but we're in the same sphere i guess and i'm sure you know that right in the last few years um the, the attention span of people have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter Right, and I think TikTok may have had a, an assistance 
in how it is now, how short it is now. Because I think, uh, how long is a TikTok video done? Because I mean, you're a TikTok star. I, I don't use TikTok. <laughs> um, like, sorry, how uh, long is a video usually? Like, longest video. That's not a, I call it a documentary, but Rico calls it a vlog. You know, the one you're like, hey, I'm here and whatever. Yeah. Like, how long is the longest TikTok video? I think the maximum you can go is three minutes, but personally speaking, and I know no one is yeah. asking, I wouldn't, I, I advise against coming up with content that's three minutes long on TikTok because that's not the point of TikTok, honestly. TikTok has to be very snackable. And precisely to your point of, um, you, you know, when it comes to the audience on TikTok, they have the attention span of a goldfish. So I think best practice is that you limit it to 30 seconds maximum. A minute maximum, probably, but that's a stretch. But you want to make your content on TikTok as snackable as possible. That's what I'll say. Why do you think people nowadays, um, because look, we're, we're, we're not really we're not really spring chickens anymore, but um, <laughs> the younger people, no, but let, 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 let's um, be a bit serious now. Like younger people nowadays, I notice they have terrible attention spans like they do completely awful you know like you know during our day right let's say um you know if you wanted to date people we have apps right left right right whatever right and you know i assume they still have that but nowadays like i found youtube to be like the tiktok before we're in in the sense that you know if i wanted to watch let's say regular people or i like to make content i go to youtube but if i wanted to see something serious, I'd go to TV because I don't think really the news agencies are on YouTube yet, right? But like, right. just more on like, with TikTok nowadays, people really have these crazy short attention spans, like what you mentioned. And they have all of these challenges. So why do you think people love TikTok? Like, in your opinion, like, why do you think people love TikTok so much? Because honestly, me, Rika loves it. You love it. I like watching her your vlogs, I call it documentaries, Rico always um, corrects me, but, you know, on, on your IG, where like, oh, uh, food, i sorry, I can't remember your intro, but you're like, food that gone <laughs> eat, I mean, something like that, but like, in terms of using it, or even going to the app, I haven't really touched TikTok in a long time, it's really not my thing, but why do you think younger people really like it, minus the whole snappiness and like, whatever, like, what caused them to like TikTok, in your opinion? Um, I think that the primary reason why TikTok is is a hit, especially among younger people, is because the primary format of media used is video. Unlike websites, uh, even for, for most, even for Facebook or for Twitter, it won't stand alone without text. And honestly, I feel like the younger generation when it comes to information that they need to consume, they'd rather, they'd rather receive that in the form of video rather than something that they have to read. So I think that that, that plays a very, very big factor uh, into TikTok's success. And um, going back, I feel that when it comes to information or content that you need to consume, no one really has the patience for anything that's too long. They just want to go straight to it. Tell me what the point of the video is is uh and and provided that i get the takeaway that's most essential then i've seen and i've heard enough and tiktok originally was intended to do just that just to present you a short bit of 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 uh content or experience that that creates an impact somehow so what that impact is maybe it it, it leaves leaves you in a good mood or you learn something new, like a new little hack. Uh, so I think that's why it's so successful because it 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 takes away from 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 content that's so structured. And I feel like for the two of us that's what we're so used to. When 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 you read through I remember and you know <laughs> The younger kids are probably reading this they can't relate anymore when you read through a newspaper it's structured in such a way that you have you know that, that opening headline and then you have another sub headline and then you have the body of the text and then i just feel like no one has the patience for that anymore not that that's wrong oh well not that that's right either because i personally feel like 
when you're researching, you have to get, you know, as 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 much as you can. So, but I just personally feel that being it being uh, in video format has a lot to do with its success. So with that one, uh, because you know, I kind of get that, right? Because you know, when you're younger, I used to like reading the newspaper a lot. Oh, wow, of course, a, I don't like. The, you're, you're a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like it. Uh, I haven't seen a newspaper in a while, maybe a few months. I haven't either. Yeah. I haven't either. Right. I mean, I'm sure you can still buy. I'm sure newspapers are still being sold. It's just that I haven't seen one in a, in a while. And I get your point where, you know, like in the newspaper, let, because it, it comes in many sheets, right? Let's say there's the front page, there's a political section, entertainment section, et cetera. Unlike exactly. with TikTok, exactly. they could just go up, 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 you know, look for what you like. Yeah. But the next thing is, uh, because you know, people nowadays are so impatient with how they want to consume their media that they're not willing to check anything in terms of what people say. Because I, I, I'm sure you, you know, you're a media person, and you know, there's a lot of bullshit on TikTok, right? You know, let's say you have, for example, you even have like 50k followers. You don't even have to need to have like a me, me, that many followers, but when you have like a good amount of followers and you post bullshit, unfortunately, people tend to believe it. They they consider TikTok as I remember this comment that I saw, and I legitimately wanted to bang my head on the wall from how stupid it was. Like if this person was a college graduate or even a high school graduate, if I were the school, I would um I would uh get back the diploma. I tell the person to, to study and earn it again. Revoke so the person it. said, the person said, and I'm just paraphrasing. The person basically said that, um, you know, you're the main source or, you know, because there's like first, uh, sorry, what do you call that? Uh, there's like your main source and secondary source. Main source right. is not the term for it. It's, um, what do you call that again? Uh, shoot. So your primary source, there you go. So, because when you do research, right, you have your primary sources, then you have your secondary sources, right? right. Primary sources, yeah. these are usually published books, um, studies, etc. You know, journals. I mean, peer-reviewed, published, etc. Your secondary, this could be from, like, newspapers or whatever. Websites. Websites, exactly. The comment that I saw, and I really wanted to bang my head so hard on the wall, was... TikTok and YouTube are your primary sources and books, newspapers, etc. are your secondary sources. Because they're arguing something on TikTok. And I was thinking to myself that this is like the death of civilization. <laughs> Wherein we have a generation of kids who believe whatever you see on TikTok and YouTube is a primary source. I mean, yeah. it could be in the sense that, let's say, for example... You know, you let's say you you have a PhD in let's just say media, and you have a YouTube, then you put lessons there. Technically speaking, that could be a primary source for as long as your lessons there are peer reviewed and stuff, right? Right. But I was say, just about I, to say, right? But then if you're just a normal dude, you know, and the worst part is these aren't normal dudes; these are people who are influencers who you know post videos such as my Tai Tai haul. My mukbang video of eating spicy. I mean, not to judge them. You can put any content that you want. But when they start putting content and making people believe that they're experts, yeah. right? You, you yeah. kind of play a dangerous game. So I'm just wondering, you know, with all of that being said, I mean, I, I said like a whole thing. Uh, you know, you have people believing in bullshit. Why do you think people are impatient about checking? Checking what they see about double checking, making sure that's legitimate, and all of these things. Honestly, I feel like I feel like it also has to do with sometimes even before information is presented to you, you already have a preconceived notion of whatever it is that you're trying to learn about, or whatever it is that you're you're you know whatever it is that's being uh, spoken about at the moment, whatever the hot topic is. And I find that it's usually just when you find information where you essentially hear what you want to hear, then that's what you receive as truth. 
and it's hard because that that prevents you from um, fact checking, right? So, but then to me, we owe it to ourselves. I feel like it's some kind of respect to ourselves to make sure that you know we verify the the information that that we get the information that we look for you can't take everything at face value especially if to your i agree with you i mean if okay if you really want tiktok or youtube uh, or facebook to be your primary source of information and news these days which to me i mean is is pretty valid because we live in a we live in the digital age already just make sure that it's coming from a reputable source because again you can't take everything you see online at face value because not everyone is in a position to again uh, disseminate information or publish information that's not correct because uh yeah you're creating more damage than than help I guess, but the people who genuinely want to find out. Yeah, and okay, so I'm just curious now. So, you know, it's election season, a lot of bullshit is coming out. If you're at the average, <laughs> just throw out the number, right? You don't need to give like the exact number. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. on average, how much fake news do you think you see on your face in your Facebook feed? I don't. In the, I don't. I don't primarily because I do not subscribe to channels uh, that I know are not reputable, and I think that um, for those who are, for those of us rather who are privileged enough, we've been informed uh, back in school as far as distinguishing sources that are reputable or not. I remember that in college we were told that for websites. You know, you you can't you can't really trust the .com domains, so you usually go for the .edus, right? Again, yeah. it's always about fact checking and making sure that it's a reputable source. So for me, I again to your question of how much do I see, uh, I see that a lot fall prey, but uh, not me. It doesn't appear on my timeline, no. I'm very jealous of you because I me, mean, I don't subscribe to fake news. I mean, I, I follow um, CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC. Yeah. I mean, I follow all the reputable places, and yet, uh, because of one candidate's giant machinery, I get targeted. Because you know how sometimes Facebook uh, suggests pages oh, like they show you, right? Yeah, they mean yeah. like they, they show you a post, and they say, "Oh, suggest." Let's say, for example. Um, Don Tang's buff page or whatever, right? Then they show the post or whatever. Then I see a lot yeah. of fake news. I'm a bit surprised that you don't. Like, you've never seen well, something like that? Well, the difference is those are pushed to you because of paid media. But I'm sure none are pushed to you organically. So that's the upside and the downside of living in the digital age. That's how you essentially advertise online now so whatever product or whatever information it is that i want to push to the public i can do so uh you know at the snap of my fingers because it's very easy to do so again it brings me back to how i think we owe it to ourselves to make sure that not everything we see online is is supposed to be taken uh, seriously you know, we owe it to ourselves to always make sure that they're valid and that they're correct. Otherwise, I mean, you'll end up the fool. <laughs> well, there are a lot of fools out there. So I'm curious, though. Sorry, I want to go back to your point about, you know, these um, echo chambers. Because you said, right, that there are people out there. And I think all of us, we want to be a part of a certain bubble where we're comfortable, Right. We're in, um, you know, we have friends who are part of it, love, 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 love. But, of course, for us, we also don't mind being challenged about our ideas and our beliefs because, you know, that's how you grow as a person, right? Because if you stay stagnant, that's what you're going to be. You're going to be stagnant. You'll never grow. But why do you think that there are a lot of younger people nowadays who are so... Okay, how about 
I'm not blaming always the young people because there are a lot of boomers out there who love their echo chambers and all. So I guess the general question is, why do you think people are so... Um, what's the term for that? Like, they, they're okay with staying stagnant. They're okay in being stuck in a particular echo chamber. Like, what is it about mm. life now that makes people afraid to grow? Oh. Oh, I think that's easy. I think it... Boy, I think it goes back to nobody really likes change. I think that's what it is. I feel like when people are comfortable with a certain way of living or when they're comfortable with a certain setup, and if it's not broken, I think most people don't like to, to you know, I feel like for most people, they don't like the idea of adjusting or something new. So it also, especially if it's coming from a place of privilege, uh, I, I just feel that it has to do with that. Not everyone's very open to change. Most people I know, especially when they're older, they're actually very resistant uh, to change. And that, that's difficult because it's always, even at work, when you want to push for progress, I mean, it's, it's usually a mind, it's the mindset problems that you need to overcome first. So I think that's that. All right. So I, I want to, you know, end it there in that sense for that discussion. The next thing I want to talk about is your Mr. Chinatown. Uh, you know, <laughs> com- I don't know. Do you call it a competition or is it a pageant? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not really familiar with what, what you call it. Is it, what, 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 what is it exactly? Like, what is Mr. Chinatown exactly? Well, essentially, Mr. and Miss Chinatown is a pageant designed oh, for so the a- Philippine it is a pageant it's it's a pageant uh, that was um, that was created um, specifically for the Philippine Chinese community because the, the Philippine Chinese community wanted um, you know to to have a competition that was designed specifically for themselves you know, to celebrate the uniqueness of being Chinoy uh, in the Philippines. So I'm curious, like, um, why did you decide to join? <laughs> I had a lot of like, time in my hands. <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, I, I don't mean, I'm not trying to throw any shade or anything right now. No. But when I first met you, I never thought of you as the type to join something like that. Like, I didn't think that was your type of thing to join. You know what I mean? Me neither. <laughs> and I may oh, yeah, that I am not the yeah, no, me neither. I've, I've never been the type to, never in my wildest dreams that I ever think that I would join a pageant. Uh, I'm not a fan of beauty pa- No offense to the fans, but I just personally was never a fan of beauty pageants. Uh, never got a kick out of it. But in 2020, honestly, you know, I was... Life was very different in 2020 for me. I'll just say that. So at the time when Mr. and Miss Chinatown uh, started, I actually had some free time in my hands and I told myself that, you know what, maybe I'll try something new. And at the time, I remember a friend was asking me to join, uh, primarily because he was personally aware that they were missing just one person left. And and to be very specific, they, they just needed one guy to round up the entire uh, entire batch of 24. And that one last guy was me. Were your guys that many? <laughs> Yeah, because there were 12, boy, 12 boys and 12 girls. Yeah. So they, they already locked in 12 girls at the time, and they were cramming because they already had 11 guys. They just needed one more Chinese guy left. So I was told that... I remember when the organizers reached out to me, they said that we pre-screened you. Uh, you don't have to submit anything. We've seen your photos, everything. And they said, we think you're a good fit. Do you want to join or not? And I told myself, all right, you know, you only live once. Uh, I have some time on my hands. Then let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So that's, so that's crazy. That's okay, so, so you joined because they were just lacking one person. Like, I'm just curious. So um, those other 11 guys, they had to go through a whole process. Like, no, but I'm just wondering, didn't they have like at least 100 ca- uh, people submit like photos and whatever? And yeah, like, I'm just so curious. Did they just really want you? That's why they they left it open. 
because like when... there were applicants yeah there were applicants for sure and they scoured through each one's uh, application but the thing is um i don't think most of them made the cut and when they needed more backup there was no one else on file so they had to look for people outside of actual outside of those who who applied uh namely me because i i i didn't apply uh but they scoured through um other chinoy profiles that that they personally felt might be a good fit and they reached out they made it their uh initiative to to ask if we would be interested to join so i don't know about the other people but i'm sure about myself so like when they asked you what was the of course he said you know you only live once yolo and all these things but did you ever think that okay i don't want to okay this may sound like a really weird question and i don't want people to think that you're arrogant or anything but when you joined and you saw the competition and i'm sure you you know you, you knew like you know you had certain challenges or all these things did you like did you feel that i could bag this like you knew you could win i'm not gonna lie that's what i thought however what i will say is that initially Yes, I thought that, okay, I think I have a good chance. I can do this. It wasn't until each one um, released output of their own that I started to tremble. I started to get scared. I said, okay, why did I think of that? Or why did I say that? And I realized that, okay, I have very tough competition. That's when I realized that you really can't just judge people based on what you see on Zoom because it was a virtual competition for us. Uh, we never really met each other physically. Uh, we all just met through a screen. So you only judge them based on what you see, quite literally. Uh, yeah, no, it, that's not how it works. Because when they started talking, when they started um, releasing output of their own, because we had to shoot ourselves. Every video and every photo that we put out there was shot by us. It was our, our own work. Um, so yeah, that's when that's when I knew the competition was... It's it's a lot more serious than I thought. <laughs> but you know, from from someone who wasn't even thinking about joining, I mean, again, you didn't apply or anything, right? I mean, for someone who was just asked to join because you were scouted to finishing second runner up, I think that's pretty good. But yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a finish, right? Yeah, I, I surprised myself too because essentially. Um, when they crown Mr. and Miss Chinatown, they round it, they, they call it the winner circle. So yeah. they always parade the second runner up winners, the first runner up winners, and the, 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 the grand winners. The winner. So, yeah, to, to even be part of the winner circle, I mean, I, I surprised myself. But I'm glad and I'm very proud of myself also for, for finishing that part. I've never been more proud to be Chinoy, actually. So I'm curious, like, um, would you do it again now? Like, you know, like, would you try again? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, would I try? I, no, only because I feel like I'm too old for that now. And no, just because now that we're easing social guidelines and restrictions are starting, you know, we're starting to lift out, you know, those the, the social restrictions. I feel like if Mr. and Miss Chinatown happens again this year, um there's going to be a swimsuit competition you know you're going to be on stage in front of a real audience and that's just that's just too far out for me so no no chance at all for us to see don tan um going for gold anymore like you're happy where you are in the record books and all yeah i, I mean for now for now i mean who knows maybe tomorrow my mind will change but for now i think um you know, I've I've had my time, and it's time to to make way for fresh blood. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> no, I mean that, that that that's a fair that, that that's pretty fair. So, okay, Don. Um, you know, we're we're going to the latter part of the episode. I, you know, it's been fun having you. You've been really awesome here. Now, I guess um because you know we 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 spoke about your life. You know, from being a skinny kid to becoming buff. To getting to media from wanting to be a doctor to Mr. Chinatown. So I guess the last thing I want to ask you is for anyone who doesn't know who Don is, 
how would you want people to know you? Like, you know, when they first see you, what what do you want them to think of you even before getting to know you? Oh, I wish <laughs> I wish people would think that uh, I actually like having a good time because most people think I'm uptight or I'm too serious or that, you know, I'm masungit, but I'm not. Uh, maybe I am slow to warm up to new people that's just me because i'm i'm not i'm a naturally shy person uh but it doesn't mean i'm anti-social or anything uh i i want i guess i also want to dispel <laughs> uh that that i i'm a healthy eater i'm not i just try I mean, to you, you pretty are <laughs> i mean no i just try to make healthier choices uh, not necessarily a healthy eater because I think that's boring. I mean, nobody will probably want to dine out with me, right? <laughs> if, if 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 I ate so healthy, and that's not the case. I mean, I like white rice. I I I enjoy I enjoy fried food, right? So I like I like sugar. So so you know I I I like I like to have a good time too. Um, other than that. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a pretty basic person. I just really want to be remembered as, you know, I don't I don't mean to uh to I, I want to keep it light, but you know, as a person I also want to be remembered as as a friend. I think I'm a very loyal friend and uh I'm very sincere uh when it comes to to people I care about. I always have their best interests at heart. That's what I'll say. All right. Uh before we go, I just have Last two questions. Sorry, I'm just curious now. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite film of all time? Oh. Yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, my favorite film of all time. Wow, my favorite film of all time. Mm. No, these are like, you know, date questions. <laughs> you know, like when you... Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah and the thing, the thing is, I am always, always, always very bad at these questions. I don't know what my favorite film of all time is. You can talk is. about the death of like you can talk about the death of family time and yet when someone asks you what your favorite movie is, yeah, that's where you kind of struggle. Yeah, I know. I oh, I am very bad at this. If you ask me what my favorite song is, what my favorite movie is, I need time to think about it. <laughs> I need time. But uh, favorite okay, so movie? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Please answer. I'm curious. I really don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, oh my god, I'm terrible at this. Uh probably the last movie I watched. I I Oh god. I, I usually like Ryan Reynolds movies. <laughs> if that helps. What was the last movie oh, no, you I, watched that didn't answer the question? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh I can't even remember the last movie. Oh, okay, I know the last movie I watched, uh it was on Netflix. I watched The Edge of War. I really like that movie. I really, okay. really like the end four. Um, if I ask you your favorite book, would it take you a while also to think about? My favorite book. Uh, you know, I used to read a lot of books. I don't read as yeah. much as I used to. Uh, and yeah. they're usually just uh, young adult stuff. I, I, You know, I like to keep it light. I like light really? reads. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I, I don't, I don't like anything. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I like um I like fiction. I like a lot of fiction and um I don't I I, I think if there's there, well it's not really fiction, but it's a self-help book. There's this book that I really enjoyed. Uh, I forget the title, but it's something like How Not to Give a an F F U C K. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Wait, let me search no, that see, very what, what's the title? How to not what? How not to give a fuck, I think. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah, let me... yeah. Orange color. Yeah. Right? Uh... Wait. I, I I forget that book. No, that, no, no. That, it's that, not. It's not. It's not. It's not the Mark Manson book. Wait. It's at the tip of my okay. tongue. I need to tell you because it's. I personally thought that it was a great read. I. Let me just. I even took a picture of the the cover because I told myself I'm going to buy myself a physical copy. There we go. It's fuck no. How to stop saying yes when you can't, you shouldn't, or you just don't want to by Sarah Knight. That book. Okay. 
Alright, well, you know, it's so been it's awesome, a, Don. A no-fucks-given guide. Yeah, well, you know, it's been awesome that you've been here, Don. Uh, thank you again for being here. Uh, before thank I let you, you go, let's me. say there's someone who wants to contact you. Because I'm going to be frank with you. When I posted, you know, the the posters for this episode, I got a lot of messages yeah. from people yeah. asking if you're single, that you're cute, and all these things. <laughs> uh, so let's say someone I, wants I to... You. So, you know, let's say someone wants to chat you up and, you know, take you out for a vegan chicken burger that is steamed on lettuce bun or whatever. Uh, where can they contact you and all of those things? Well, I don't know about contact, but you can follow me on Instagram. So the handle is at Dontang. That's D-O-N-T-A-N-G-G-G. And it's the same on TikTok. You can, you know, catch me on today, today on Shit Dontas at... Uh, TikTok as well, Dontang, D-O-N-T-A-N-G-G. Yeah, wait, what do they call your food series? Like, shit that Don cooks or something? Like, what, what's it called? No, no, no. It's actually not a food series. I. It, it's funny that most no, people think I'm a food episode because... No, but exactly. Food right, because of the food episodes, people think that, oh, I'm a foodie. But the thing is, between you and me, I don't like that term. I don't like the word foodie. I don't like being described as a foodie. I just like to eat. And the, the, what, what I put out on TikTok is not meant to be content on food. It's just meant to be random stuff I do today. Therefore, it's Today on Shit Don Does. All right. Well, you know, it's been fun, Don. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you so exactly much for having me. Uh, we'll be with uh, Casey Kusi next week. But until then, take care, everyone. Don, thank you again. Good night, everyone. Stay thank safe. You. Bye, everyone. Bye. Good night, everyone.